Welcome to Nordic Magic Link, the podcast rooted in Nordic shamanism, where we also discover other spiritual practices rooted in nature, and we look to our ancestral backgrounds to find forgotten practices. Topics include spirituality, health, and natural lifestyle, finding your soul's purpose, and magic. If you like the music in the background, check out my free app Nordic Manifestation Chants. Available for Android and iPhones. And now, today's episode. Hello and welcome to Nordic Magic Link. Today I have my friend Ali Ofstedel with me. And she is a quantum healer and an astrologer. And she is um, also a fellow podcaster of the Align podcast with her friend, Jess. Welcome, Ali. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me. So My such pleasure. an honor. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. I'm so happy to have you. And um I wanted to uh, dive into all the interesting work that you do, um, but first, should we tell people how we know each other? I Yes, it's such a fascinating story, and I was, <laughs> right when we began, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having a little bit of a uh, out-of-body experience, because we met literally three years ago. Was it? Like, yeah, exactly. Three years ago in this almost exact place that I'm in. Right. So I was, um, is it okay if I tell the story? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, <perfect. laughs> I was um, on a really long road trip through the whole Western United States and I had gone, you know, through a divorce and was, um, looking for a new home, a new place to land. And I was in a big initiation of my own and also just, you know, exploring shamanism and uh, my roots, you know, my Norse roots and trying to figure out what the heck was happening in my life. <laughs> and and I, I remember I was staying in Woodland Hills and I found on uh, Airbnb a shamanic journey experience that was being led in Topanga Canyon. And I had driven through Topanga quite a few times, just going to the beach and stuff from Woodland Hills, staying with my friends. And I booked it. And I remember driving up to your place, which is now, I mean, literally like a two minute walk from where I currently live <laughs> and knowing nothing about what we, what we were, what was going on. But I remember walking up your many stairs to your beautiful home in the Canyon and um, coming in for for the 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 incredible journey that you led and I I had no idea what what to you know think what we were going to do I just felt so drawn and called to book that session with you and going into the journey I remember seeing the mountains outside of your window those big huge beautiful windows you had and mm -hmm. uh dropping into that journey hearing your voice and the drum I just knew it was like something clicked, you know, and I, I went through the whole, um, going through the, the, the sacred tree down into the underworld and 
some really big soul retrieval and soul integration happened in that journey. And I just remember thinking like, okay, something's clicking, something's working. And um, then we stay connected, connected. And I ended up moving to Topanga a few weeks later, found an Airbnb that I was just renting temporarily, which turned into a long-term spot, which turned into another long-term spot where I live currently. And it was and it was just insane because it ended up being two minutes from your home. And I, I had no idea that it was when I found that place. And so, yeah, our relationship flourished and we continued, went on walks on our loop in the, in the canyon and held space for each other during COVID. We met before COVID too. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. Because I was I was getting pretty busy with uh, with what you came to experience, which I which is what I call Nordic music magic, and I I was getting actually a lot of clients um, at my house before COVID. It was really um, growing, and then during COVID, of course, not. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, <laughs> but it was so interesting because I think when when we then met, uh, I think it was a, like a whole year later. And and we were I was walking with my friend Julie uh, during the loop there in the mountains, and then and then we met, and you were like, "Hey, aren't you Emma? I came to see you there." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and That's then you right. actually, it was so funny. And then you actually had ended up moving right there. Yeah, uh, it's and so wild. Yeah, it was an, an yeah beautiful story, and um. And I'm so happy that you felt called to the experience and I'm happy that you you felt it was a, a strong, strong experience for you. Um, and, and why were you particularly called to something that was rooted in Nordic shamanism? Oh, I love that question. I um, it, it was a really interesting time in my life. I had been studying astrology. I was doing astrology sessions. I was I knew that this work was where I was being called to you know, to, to, to deepen. Like I, I knew I was meant to embody this work more. And, um, but I also knew that shamanism in particular was where I was headed, but I just couldn't, I, I couldn't quite see that for myself because I was, you know, we're in Southern California and, um, most of the shamanism practices here are rooted in indigenous, indig sorry, indigenous American, which is yeah. such a, you know, so many beautiful practices that people work yeah. with, you know, from those traditions or Peruvian, um, shamanism, but I just, um, shaman of the Andes, but I, I knew that I was feeling a really strong pull to, um, to study and deepen my connection with my roots. And I'm like my dad, uh, my dad's whole family is, uh, is Norwegian and, I, I actually did a long time ago, his 23 and me, and um, he's like 98% Norwegian. The other 2% is indigenous American actually. So it's funny oh, because wow. yeah, my grandparents growing up um, were very rooted in their Norwegian ancestry and did Sons of Norway. And um, we had, you know, Lefsa and um, Krumkaka. <laughs> I just had Lefsa the other day. <laughs> You did. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's my goal to start learning more about, or just started cooking it. I have the recipes and everything, but I just, it's kind of a process, you know, you need like the whole griddle and stuff. So it's yeah, yummy just so though. everyone is aware that there are potato pancakes. 
Yes. Norwegian potato pancakes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. And I just I miss all of that. My and what kind of led me, I think, down this path even more so was the passing of my grandmother. And um it happened kind of suddenly in um the summer, actually, July of 20, 2019. So just before I moved out here. And I felt such a um uh, an activation and initiation when she passed, which knowing now the work I do with women, um, so often the passing of a loved one really opens doors for us to deepen into our our ancestral healing, you know, mm -hmm. if I, whether it's a grandparent or a, a mother or a father, it opens up some karmic doors for us to access healing, really deep healing. And so that was that for me. And then my grandfather passed just a few months later, um, right, like literally right when I officially moved here. So and then I got in a really bad car accident on my way to go see him. So I just knew I was getting like so much support from the other side, from my ancestors to, to study this. And you literally just popped up on my Airbnb. And I was like, yes, absolutely. I didn't know a lot about shamanism at that point. And I didn't even know what a full journey was like through, through the tree down into the underworld. Um, and it just happened. It happened without me having any knowledge of what you know, it was just your beautiful voice and the, you know, the healing and the activations, the vibrations through that, that led me there. So, mm. yeah. Thank you. I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. Of course. And you were, so you were on a journey then, you had just gotten divorced. Um, do you want to tell a little bit more about your background? I mean, just share as much or as little as you, you feel called to. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Illinois, in Southern Illinois, and grew up in a really small town and um, a really like beautiful community with lovely humans, like a very tight-knit community. It was mostly German, which is interesting, and, and some Dutch, I think, too. But I had this weird last name. <laughs> this, this <laughs> How do you pronounce it in Norwegian, officially? I think my, my mom said Ofstedal. Ofstedal, yeah, which is, yeah, pretty much how my family yeah. pronounces it. But they're from the Dakotas um, in Minnesota. So I just was like, God, I always felt weird, not because of my last name, but just I just felt out of the box. I never felt like I quite belonged anywhere and um, just kind of struggled with that. I think most of my upbringing and couldn't quite figure out why I was felt different, you know, um, and it wasn't until my um, mid twenties that I started studying some of these practices and really started meditating and doing a lot of inner work that I came back to myself in, in ways or started that journey back at least. And it's taken me a while, you know, and it's been a long journey and I think it's a lifelong journey, but that was kind of the, the initiation of it. And I, I realized um, I always say that we have certain things that catalyze us into um coming back to ourselves, you know, like we can, we can do that journey, that spiral of coming back to ourselves over and over and over again. But oftentimes there's like a, an event, a cataclysm in our life that creates the opening to really return. And for me, that was, um, um, my nephew was navigating a lot and he was, you know, 10 at the time. And it was just really heartbreaking for our family. Um, my dog was sick and then I decided to go through a divorce. So it was just, <laughs> it was kind of this whole, um, process of dismantling the structures that I had built in order to uh, find some sort of stability or anchoring in my life, but they were artificial for me. Like they weren't really 
ones that were in true alignment. And so I had to dismantle all of those, which I know is a process you understand and, and rebuild them in a way that felt authentic to me. And that's, um, yeah, that's been the journey thus far. That was, I guess, four years ago, five years ago now. Um, my, my real, like the cataclysm really happened. I would say like 2016 was the big, the big year for me. Mm. Um, my ex-husband at the time was like, you're having a nervous breakdown. And it was like, oh yeah. And really, I think that's what an awakening can feel like sometimes, you know? Mm. So, yeah. How did you have the resources to to deal with? Like, how did, were you able to see that you are not living an authentic life? Because a lot of people are not living an authentic life, and often they don't even realize it. So I'm kind of curious to what, like, how does how is it that some people have the resources or the the mindset to see it and to feel it, and others don't? Yeah, I love that question. I think that we all have um, a soul blueprint that we come to this life with. And that's kind of something we'll talk about when we start talking about astrology too. But I can usually see in their chart when their awakenings are happening and why, you know. Um, and I call them awakenings. I, I, I think a lot of people use that term, but I just think it's it's like a If you've if you've ever experienced this, if you're listening to this and you've experienced it, it can feel like you're all of a sudden woke up, woken up to your reality. And it can be terrifying because it's things that you thought to be true maybe aren't feeling true any longer. It's an ego death. You know, there's there's things you have to sort of accept and and integrate that were strongly held as truth for a long time. And um for me, my resources were um I, I just things that I like that honestly it was like things that I held to be true that I was just going along with because I was a people pleaser and I was kind of like a parentified child I you know I, I didn't I didn't really have I didn't really ever develop um, agency or belief or confidence in my own abilities to do hard things or to navigate you know challenge in the way that I really needed you know and um when i that had led me down a path of just falling into line and sort of like going down this trajectory that was easy and safe and when i when it was really like my nephew had gotten um had been going through a really challenging time and um it woke me up to our our family patterns you know um it woke me up to trauma And what trauma can do to the body, to the mind, to our nervous system. Um, and it woke me up to like focus from focusing just on him to like, oh, wow, what is my part in this? And how has my trauma and my lived experiences, how have they shaped me, you know, into who I am now? And then when I opened that door, it just came flooding out and there was no stopping it at that point. You know, you can't, I think that you know, it's, there's a subconscious contract or there's a subconscious, um, agreement that we make to open these doors and not everyone's really there or, or makes that contract in that life to open doors of awakening because they're terrifying, you know, and they, and they are like, they, they require, uh, the death of the ego, which feels like death. And I think that, There's a, there are parts of us that would rather not open some of those doors so we can just live 
more disconnected from self and more in, you know, you know, coping, using coping mechanisms and numbing and escaping uh, reality by, you know, getting home from work and just drinking, you know, the rest of the night or, or living in, um, just living out of alignment, which is, it's okay if that's their path and that's what they choose to do in this life. There's no judgment, but I just knew I, I couldn't anymore. You know, I had an obligation to my soul to, to choose something different. And, and you know, it, it's not an easy path <laughs> to, to go this way. Cause I, especially like, you know, when you're, when you're in this work too, and you hold space, it's like, you're constantly asked to deepen and to meet yourself deeper and deeper and to go through initiations in order to be that person that you are meant to be to hold space as well. So it's, um, it's been really challenging and really hard, but also extremely beautiful in all the ways too. So I wouldn't change it, but. <laughs> mm, wonderful. So you opened the door. So meaning you, you looked at what was going on and you decided to change the things that did not work for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm, okay. Were you already doing uh, astrology work at this time? Yeah, I I'd just been always interested in astrology and I kind of chose to study myself first. Like that was the real, like it turned into an obsession, honestly. And I remember I had a an astrology reading in 2016 or 17. I can't remember the year, but he basically told me like, this is your path. You need to start doing this work. I had a Pluto transit and in a Uranus transit or um, an aspect that was really strong. And he, he told me, he's like, if you don't embody this work, if you don't start really taking yourself serious in this realm, then you're going to get destroyed. (laughs) That was like, that was enough for me to say, okay, well, there we go. If I needed a sign, there it is, you know? So (laughs) I started just doing readings for family and friends in the beginning. And then that led to a very quick, you know, forming of an official, you know, work like my official business that was required in order to up level and take myself more serious and you know send the universe a signal that I'm here I'm on board (laughs) (laughs) yeah good yeah that's so it's so fascinating I love astrology we're gonna have you do a little a little analysis of my chart later yeah but um but how did you then come into the healing work yeah, it's a great question. I I mean, I had been working on myself, my own healing for a while. And um, each healer I met with, whether it was, a, you know, a psychic or a channeler or an intuitive healer, whatever it was, they were like, oh, you're meant to be doing this work, you know? And I was like, I know, I keep getting that message, but it's daunting, you know, to think about what's the entry into that, you know? And, and, um, I ended up studying intuitive healing with my friend Jess. It was just like, I was just like, okay, this is my entry point. This is a way for me to actually create some, because I had these abilities, like I had channeling abilities and I I could see energy and I could see how it moved in the body. I'm a Scorpio rising. I don't know if anyone else that's listening has Scorpio placements, but if you do, you get it because, <laughs> and I get, you do. I think you have Scorpio. I have I mean, a lot of Scorpio, not rising yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, Scorpios are, they have a natural x-ray vision, I always say, and especially Scorpio rising, we we just, 
we're reading energy all the time. And so I didn't realize that's what I was doing until I started doing this work officially. And I was like, oh, okay, I've been doing this my whole life. I just had no clue um, and actually was like moving energy in people's bodies while I was talking to them without even knowing. And so it was good to like create some framework around that and actually understand what the hell I was doing. And oops, sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on this, but <laughs> you can. <laughs> okay. What the hell I was doing and, and, and how I could actually create some boundaries and some structures so that it would not just drain me. I had, I was also navigating some health issues like Lyme disease and adrenal fatigue. And I was just, I was kind of like falling apart a little bit, you know? So it was good to learn about body healing, intuitive healing. And from there, I um, had been exchanging with a practitioner who is a well-known medical medium and um, quantum healer. And we were exchanging just because she was navigating things. And she's like, no one else can do what you do. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you realize how gifted you are. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just doing it. I'm just like kind of not, I'm I'm forging my own path with it. I just it wasn't things I'd learned. It's just things I was channeling. And she's like, you need to to really start applying these skills. So anyway, here we are now, and we're we're just yeah. It's always evolving and shifting, but it's it's so fun. I I mean, I'm so grateful to get to work with the people I work with. So, what is quantum healing? Yeah. So it's working in the quantum realms to bring healing to our different bodies. And I do sort of a, a merging of shamanic quantum and intuitive healing and whatever is really needed in that time and space for whoever I'm working with. But I do a lot of soul retrieval, um, a lot of uh, quantum integration, inner child integration too. Um, so healing trauma from childhood, from past lives, ancestral imprints, whatever's there, it just, I can see beneath the pattern, whatever it is that we're working through, whether it's a pattern of abandoning self, then we'll get beneath that pattern where the root is in the body and then we can work with it from there. So it would be applying different healing techniques, whatever is needed. Um, and, you know, working with spirit, honestly, is it, that's the sources is really where I, I where I gain all of the information in my sessions is just directly from source. So that's, um, yeah, that's kind of how we apply it. Well, wonderful. How, what does the session look like? It's a great question. So I spend the first like 15 to 20 minutes just talking with them and seeing, you know, if they have anything they'd like to share. Um, the session really just goes wherever it's meant to go, regardless of what, if we speak it or not, you know, mm. but I like just letting, allowing, sometimes just allowing people the space to be witness and seen and what they're experiencing, what their, what their traumas are can be so healing just in and of itself. But, um, yeah, typically we spend, a, you know, 20 minutes talking and then I, I bring them through a meditation to anchor and ground and run their energy because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, people come to me and they haven't grounded and, you know, a long time and it, and it, you can feel that. And so, um, allowing them to deepen almost into, um, a theta state, you know, where, where we can, where there's more openings and more, more, um, not capacity, but more space to go where we need to go. Mm -hmm. And then, um, from there we just, I'm just channeling whatever I'm seeing, you know, for that person in particular. And oftentimes we're going into past lives or we're going to, um, childhood 
you know, or go, going into the ancestral imprint. Sometimes, um, you know, um, their loved ones and spirit come through. I'm not a medium, you know, or I don't practice, I shouldn't say that, but I'm not, I don't practice mediumship traditionally or in, in a way where I, I don't offer specific mediumship sessions, but I do get messages from, from loved ones and spirit in these sessions too at times. And, um, it's just kind of like a, whatever, whatever wants to be pulled through, wants to come through comes through. And so each one is very different, honestly, but, um, in the womb healing sessions in particular, I really, uh, I don't do those just in one-off sessions, for example, like I only do them in, in, um, sessions of three at least because there's so much deep healing that happens. They can really crack you open and bring forth a lot of trauma. So I like to, create at least some sort of container for people to integrate that following the initial session. So mm. does that take yeah. place? Uh, are you together physically or could it be also over the phone or? Yeah, it's virtual too. Yeah. I offer okay. virtual. I love doing in-person sessions, but we don't, um, you know, I, I live in the mountains in Topanga and it's not always accessible for everyone to come there. And, um, and I don't have a space that I, that I feel great about holding, um, quite yet. So I've done them in my backyard, which is, is lovely, but my partner's here too. So I always have to kick him out and for <laughs> sessions. And, yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. that <laughs> from yeah. when I was doing <laughs> right music magic. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, um, so, so it's, um, the quantum healing, it's like a, um, you're just kind of tuning in and you're listening to also what they're telling you and sensing what's um, what wants to be healed. And then is it actually like uh, you're sending energy or is it just the putting focus on it? That is the healing part. Yeah. So it's a good question. I am certified in Reiki. Um, yeah. And it, it is like Holy Fire Reiki. It is a part of um the the sessions it comes in when it wants to and when yeah. it's needed um and holy fire being you know connected to christ consciousness which is i work a lot with jesus and mm. the christ consciousness grid and i just feel so connected to that energy and um so basically what what happens is i can when we're ready to drop in to the actual session the beginning is like just conversation mostly and i'm getting messages they're just coming through but um, you know, it's more so allowing them space to be heard for whatever they want to share. Uh, mm -hmm. but I like to create more space for the actual session, you know, for the channeling part. So yeah, we're usually, um, when I drop fully in, then I, I can see picture of their body basically in my third eye, mm -hmm. in my mind's eye. Okay. And it's showing me where the root of the pattern that they, that spirit at source would like to, to bring forward first. So you know, sometimes it's in like an ovary or the womb space, or it can be in their digestive tract. And that root, that, that, um, root holds information. And I, then I can zoom into that root and I can see where is the root of this pattern. There's always like almost always a childhood connection because our subconscious is formed, you know, until we're, we're 14. And I think, even, I think studies are showing even, um, maybe, later as well but uh our patterns are so 
are, are shaped in our earliest years. You know, our attachment systems are shaped in our earliest years. So mm. they always bring me to a childhood, but they also bring me to past lives experiences. So when we zoom into that route, I can see the, the timeline um, of where it's originated. And it's, there's usually an ancestral component, past life uh, in there, and then childhood. And from there, we can move the energy, then we can bring healing to it. It usually takes like a little while to integrate. Sometimes it's two days, sometimes it's two weeks, sometimes it's two months. It just depends on the, the depth of it. And sometimes it takes more than one session. Actually, it almost always takes more than one session to really, you know, depending on the pace of the person, that's really what matters because not everyone moves as quickly as others you know some people move a little bit slower and um, some people move really quickly it just mm. depends you know so yeah that's why it's so good you offer mentorships yeah I love 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 having that container because it's I, I know immediately when I enter into that with someone that it's a three-month mentorship that we do what we're going to be working on and within that space we can like really get into those deep layers in a way that isn't available you know in just one or two sessions but weekly sessions for three months and um that's really my goal is to you know in that mentorship is to provide a space for people to like really heal and to have like a timeline around it a container because um, what i've learned in in soul work is that the and Francis Weller is someone who talks about this who I love a lot. He's an incredible speaker and author and um, depth psychologist. Uh, but he talks, or I think depth psychotherapist. I don't know specifically what his title is. I should look that up. But he talks about the the subconscious and that it needs to have a a signal that it's through a, a specific descent or an initiation, um, um, a threshold crossing. You know, in order to to move forward. Otherwise it gets stuck in that liminal space of it. So that's why mm -hmm. I like this container because it provides a beginning and an end for people to say, we've completed this, you know, within this space. And, um, and, and also when you're in that descent and you're really in those deep layers and some of your traumas, then having a safe container is, is almost essential, you know, in some way, whether it's a, a therapist or, you know, like this type of work, um, it's, it's really helpful to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're mostly working with, with women. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, in my mentorship in particular, I work with all women, yeah. although I'm not, I'm not, I'm open to working with a man, you yeah. know, it's just that <laughs> it hasn't come through. And I also don't really, you know, gear my, my messaging towards men either, but I have had, I've worked with with men in my just, you know, alchemized sessions, my quantum healing sessions. And I love it. It's so fun. Mm. And I love, it's different, you know? Yeah. Um, but so. no, I can see your, your, um, like your website and your Instagram. It is very beautiful and feminine. Yeah. And, and something you. probably, yeah, women, I'm, I mean, I'm sure men also feel called to it, but maybe in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, this this realm that we are in like you and I and, and just this world this like I don't even know if we want to call it the spiritual realm or self-development or whatever it is there's it's interesting you know being a woman in this realm and um there's a lot of predator 
energy here too, you know, with, with men as well, which I've experienced, but, um, maybe that's my, my wounding is that I, I prefer to work with women because it's, it feels more safe, you know, too. So I have to, I'll have to think about that, but yeah, it's, um, it's certainly a, it's kind of a wild space to be in. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you're welcome to share more, but I, <laughs> that's okay. That would take a whole, like, you know, a whole podcast in and of itself. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We leave, leave the drama for another day. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. You have a podcast with your best friend. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do. <clears throat> Jess. Yes. And that podcast is the Aligned Podcast, and it's a wonderful podcast. I listen to it often. Thank you. And you're always uh, you're always touching in on something that uh, I'm also going through, and it's it's just wonderful to see. Oh, thank how you. Did the, yeah, of course. Um, how did you and Jess meet, and and was it just like a an instant soul connection? thing that happened there yeah it was it was shortly before I met you actually just like a like oh. a month a little over a month probably and it was November 2019 right before the world went into a whole ego death and um <laughs> <laughs> and I, right before I'd moved out here and I was I was on that trip that road trip still and I yeah. was with Arlo and it was like a three-month road trip and Your I just dog. had been my dog yeah sorry Arlo very important <laughs> VIP of my life. Yes. Uh, and he's very uh, cute. Yes. He's, he's such, he's a, such an angel, but um, yeah, we had, uh, he and I were just traveling all throughout the Southwest. I was with my, my sister-in-law, Emily too, um, who's scorpionic and powerful and, and incredible too. And she and I were in Santa Fe and met my friend Jess and Trish and Corey. I, they weren't my friends at the time, I had met them. We met them at um, a little hotel. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a really cute place. Um, uh, El El Rey Court, actually, if anyone Ooh. knows it, it's it's such a cool spot. But um, Arlo was our connector there because they were like, "Oh my god, he's so cute!" And then it just was such a sweet, like serendipitous meeting. And I ended up we got connected when I was out in LA. We had lunch, dinner, I guess, and Jess and I started just we just, I don't know. We just immediately started talking every day. It was just like instantaneous connection. And, and we had obviously our, our connection on, um, healing and our, our, our abilities and, and astrology and all the stuff that we just couldn't stop sharing. You know, she was like in the beginning of her path too. And it was just like, I think we both felt seen for the first time in a long time, you know, and, uh, it flourished from there. And then we got you know, it was like May of 2020 and just got a big message about starting a, starting a podcast. And I had kind of felt that too, but it was terrified. We both had a <clears throat> lot of healing of our throat chakras to do and did it through the beginning stages of our podcast. And now it's like, it's kind of going through its own rebirth at this point. Um, which is so incredible. And Jess is starting her own podcast too. And we'll keep our, the Align podcast as well. But I just think we've both, gosh healed so much through this journey and it's it's yeah it's just such a gift so and yeah. Jess is a clairvoyant right 
Yeah, she's a she's a psychic medium and intuitive healer as well. Yeah. So um yeah, she's a she's a powerhouse too. And it's it's just fun to yeah, see both of us like kind of grow and shift and evolve the work we do, you know. Yeah. And um yeah, it's pretty it's it's so wild. <laughs> do you have a sense that you've had um you've known her in a past life as well? Totally. Yeah. Many. It feels um, there's like a really deep sister connection there, you know, and we, it's funny. We haven't really talked about it a lot, a lot, what specific lives and like our karmic connection, but we just both know it's there and we, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a very, um, like, it's a wonderful friendship, you know, because I, it's, it's just very pure, you know? Yeah. So yeah, and that comes through in the podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone should check out the Align podcast. Um, and I don't know if Jess has a name for her podcast yet, but uh, we'll yeah, see. yeah, that'll be coming out next year. I don't know specifically if she has a name. I don't know if she's yeah. announced it yet. So yeah. I'll just yeah, I'll just let her her announce that and, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's exciting yeah very exciting yeah and um you two have also done some retreats together with with people haven't you no we actually haven't done any official retreats um we've i mean we've we've thought about it and uh but it's just, it's a lot of work to host an in-person retreat. And mm -hmm. especially during COVID times, it was just like, it just didn't quite feel in alignment at certain points. And we both go through these initiations and descents and we kind of like take turns doing it, it feels like. And so we haven't had a lot of space to feel like energized enough or, you know, like fully ready to, to kind of hold space in that way. But um, I have held retreats with other people is too. Um, my friend mm -hmm. Dorothea Barth, who is Swedish actually, and she's um, she's a um, I don't know what she calls herself specifically, but she does beautiful sound sound healings and um, channeled channeled healing, you know, through her voice, which is mm -hmm. lovely. And we held a retreat last December, and I've held one. Um, um, just like day retreats with my beautiful friend Eve Gaines here in the canyon who has ritual life um, and she's such an incredible human she uh, studies has studied for decades um, rites of passage work from different cultures indigenous cultures and holds rites of passage um, for women and through different stages in their lives and which is like work that I'm so passionate about and find incredibly fascinating and she has so much knowledge on so yeah it's been fun to collaborate with her as well and I think she's hosting a retreat in Mexico next year that I'm going to be a part of which is super rad but I don't have all the details on that and I you know so we'll see <laughs> but fun. April I think. yeah 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 that's uh, interesting rites of passage that's something you see in all shamanic cultures we also have that in in the nordic traditions yeah yeah so it's yeah. important and something we've forgotten you know so. in, in modern culture <laughs> yes yeah to celebrate those changes yeah 
it, it completely is. I think it orients us, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that disconnection and that lack of belonging is so much of our suffering on this planet, you know, is, is our, our loss of our tribe and our loss of our, our roots. And um, the man I mentioned before, right. Our, um, Francis Weller, uh, he's, he talks a lot about that, the rights, the missing rites of passage mm-hmm. in our culture, our Western culture. And, you know, so many of us are in America in particular is what I'm speaking to. We, we have so many different roots in different cultures and we've gotten so separated from those, like all cultures have a shaman, you know, all cultures have yeah. shamanic roots and we're missing that in this modern world. It's, it's like a longing for belonging, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And I love your podcast and everything you're doing because it's been so hard to find resources on Nordic shamanism and my roots, you know, being my, my great grandparents came here from, from Norway and, and, you know, I, I remember hearing um, a lot about like on my grandma's side in particular, her mother who struggled so much with depression coming from Norway to the plains of the Dakotas. And, and it's just, you know, I think, you know, most of our ancestors here in America, at least were encouraged to strip their, their traditions because it was like a melting pot. Right. And it was like the American dream and you had to fit in and sort of belong. And in that, in that stripping, we, we lost our roots, you know, we lost Mm. our traditions and we lost that richness that comes from understanding oneself through our ancestry. And I just, yeah, I feel so drawn to that work more and more in my evolution as a space holder and as a human. So I feel like 2023 is a year of like deepening into my roots more and more. So I'm excited for that. (laughs) I was just thinking you should come to Scandinavia next year. I feel like I'm coming to Scandinavia next year. I really do. <laughs> I it's time. <laughs> it's like, a, it feels like a pilgrimage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Um, uh, I think the last episode I put up um, of Nordic uh, Magic Link, I was also in, in Scandinavia. But for people who have not heard that one, <laughs> I am in Scandinavia. <clears throat> My voice is a little off these days. I don't know why. Probably the winter. <laughs> mm. um, no, but um, I've been here now uh, six months and uh, and I'm actually going to stay longer. So after 15 years in, in the U.S., I am trying out. Um, living in my uh, my old neck of the woods again. <laughs> I'm so, so excited for you. Yeah, so next up will be Sweden, and I will be there um, for the next few months and uh, out in nature, checking that out, see if that's where I feel called to be. I definitely need to get out of the city. Um, I've been with my family, and they, they're in the city, so yeah, that's yeah. been cha- challenging for me. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's so like loving and nourishing to be with family, but it also brings forward so much you know, of our old, our old stuff too. It's like, it's kind of part of the integration work, you know? True, true. I think, I mean, my mother being a family therapist, uh, and, and we're very, you know, very, um, very tight. 
<laughs> I don't know what the right word I'm looking realize for. That. Yeah. But um, so we don't really have um, much stuff happening, um, any conflicts, not much. Um, for me, it's more just being um, in the city with so many people and all the emotions around. Yeah. And um, probably also the the EMF <laughs> in the environment. Totally. Um, but I've been feeling like I need I need to get out and be by water every day. Otherwise, I don't really feel. Um, I just get almost like depressed. It's like I'm taking on like other people's emotions that I'm not used to when I'm out in nature. Um, but then when yeah. I go to the water and I'm I meditate, then then I feel fine. Yeah, I mean I'm yawning as you say that. It's funny because. When I'm in sessions, if, if when I start yawning, it's like we're acknowledging something, we're moving energy. So it's oh. yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's that's a confirmation for you. I love I love that, and I'm excited for you to be in nature. I, I see like I picture the most idyllic little spot in in the woods, and I'm just like so so happy for you. It sounds perfect. Yeah, it's right on a lake, so that'll be wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on astrologically these days? Oh my gosh. Everything. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's so funny because there's so much happening right now astrologically yeah. all the time. Um you know, the one of the big things is we have Mars retrograding through Gemini. And that's uh really messing with everyone a little bit <laughs> currently because it's like Mars is the planet of action and assertion and it sort of, it likes to move, you know, and it likes to, it likes to take action. Uh, but with it retrograding, it means it's, it's, you know, moving backwards. So we're really having to come to terms with and reckon with and, and understand intimately our relationship with our, our deep emotions, our, our anger, our resentment, our frustration when things when things don't go quite right or when we have an interaction with someone, it can be the planet of war and aggression too. So it's like, it's, it's having all, you know, us study our words, our reactions. Um, and I mean, the biggest thing is well, not the, not the biggest thing, but the second biggest thing has been the, the transits of um, for me at least and the way I read astrology, because everyone's different, but the things I've been really watching are um, the, the nodal, transits through Scorpio and Taurus, which have, you know, created the, the evolutionary up levels that we've all had this year. Um, intense, intense initiations in those ways. And it's just, man, it's been extreme and it's, it's all about trauma and embodiment and the nervous system and what we, our attachment systems, what we anchor into our unhealthy habits, our manipulation, like all of these. It's been big, giant ego deaths, you know, for us yeah. and, and our, our power, you know, what, what we spoke about even before we got on this call was like these tests around where do we give away our power? What is our relationship to our power? Do we use it in manipulative ways? Because that's not really empowering, you know, that's not really empowered action. It's or is it, you know, are we anchored into our power in from a pure place? So um, and then next year we have the nodes shifting into Aries and, and Libra, which will be a deepening into our our um, relational study, you know, that we've kind of been in for a few years. And 
um, understanding our relational framework, where we operate from, you know, uh, ways in which we abandon self and uh, codependent connections, things like that. Um, and then next March, we have Pluto moving into Aquarius, which is huge, 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 it's a huge collective shift. And it's, it's a, a generational shift and it, it's a long, long transit that it has through Aquarius. And it's, it's going to really, in many ways, like kind of define our, our incarnation, you know? So yeah, we're going to see a lot more come forward around the collective, um, technological shifts and, you know, our discernment that will be needed as far as science and, and technology and, um, the truths that will be, you know, uncovered and unveiled over the next 20 years, you know, so it's kind of like pushing the fast forward button on everything as if that hasn't already happened. <laughs> okay. So in March, big changes. Yeah. Huge. Okay. So big. Yeah. March is a big month, honestly, next year. I feel like it's, it's, um, things get electric and fast because it's air and fire Aries and, and Libra air and fire. We've been in water and earth, which was deep and kind of like slow and, you know, you couldn't get away with anything. You're kind of just like having to trudge through those descents. And then we're moving into this like electric air and fire energy again, which we were in previously, you know, we were in, um, Sag and Gemini with the nodes and, and we're going to be moving into Aries and Libra now. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. And that'll be like personal changes, like people just their lives uprooting and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for everyone, you know, when you're hearing this, like taking note of where you know, Gemini, um, Taurus, Scorpio, Aries, Libra, land in your chart and looking at um that's where the change will take place now you know it, it, the other aspects of like your natal planets aspecting those those transits to affect everything so really you know it'll affect everyone differently but it will certainly force us to start taking action on what we've been working towards what we've been saying over the last few years especially and so yeah, kind of pushing us into the next chapter in a big way. That's exciting. I love change. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you love change. I, especially with all your Scorpio. I mean, it's, I love that you love change because I find that Scorpio placements, they like change, but they're also terrified of it, you know? So maybe you're just evolved Love enough me. in your Scorpio that you're like, yeah, because <laughs> Scorpio's evolutionary purpose is to create change, really. It's like the alchemist, you know? Yeah. Well, I also have Sagittarius rising, so that's probably why I love change. <laughs> yeah. I love Sag too. I have a Sag yeah. moon, so. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. we have a lot of alignments in the astrology. Yeah, that's right. So is this the time to, you yeah. want to look at my chart to see Let's if you do can it. give Let's an example it yeah, I love of that. your wonderful work? Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up. That's right. Yeah, you have like all of your planets at the top. So um, the first things I notice when I look at a chart are um, the just like the, the visual patterns, you know, where the planets land and almost all of your all of your planets 
are at the top of your chart. You have some like um, celestial bodies like Chiron at the bottom of your chart and um, the south node, but everything else, all of your actual planets are at the top of your chart, which means you came here to to be seen and to to live in, to really study how you show up in this world. It's not as much as like an introspective life, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. as, as it is like a life of learning how to integrate in the world, you know, relational study, um, work study, presenting yourself. I mean, being, um, using your voice, <laughs> it makes sense that you're in a life where you're actually meant to do that now, you know, not just explore your voice, but like share it, you know, mm -hmm. um, having your Mercury and your moon conjunct in Scorpio at your midheaven, which, you have Venus up there too. So you have Uranus, Venus, the moon and um, Mercury all in Scorpio at the top of your chart. And your midheaven is Scorpio and the midheaven is career. So use, I mean, exactly what you do using your voice as medicine, you know, yeah. using, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Scorpio is very, it's into like the occult and um, you know, the studies that for centuries have been kind of like blacklisted or persecuted, you know, and so healing that within you so that you can bring it forward to the world and teach people and, and show people that, that that living in that realm and and having those beliefs is not not wrong, you know, and that it's safe to use that in a way of, and being empowered in that space, you know. So I love mm. seeing that Scorpio um, in its shadow can sometimes hide you know, and, um, especially when, when it's something isn't feeling quite safe. And I mean like safe as far as like nervous system safety, you know, um, it's not, maybe you're, you're worried of how it will be received or you're feeling like the people you're around maybe aren't the people that can receive it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, especially having your sun or your Mercury and your moon conjunct in Scorpio in the ninth house, um, right at your midheaven, it's like wanting to sort of like go into the Scorpio hole a little bit, you know, so just mm. watching, watching when that happens. Um, or if you have a tendency to do that and knowing that that can be the shadow of that, you know, that expression. So, um, but it's, it's a clear sign that you really came here to, to, to alchemize your own healing and sharing your voice you know, and, and your medicine through that, through that more of a scorpionic lens though, you know, it's, it's like the underworld, you know? So mm. your, your Nordic, is it music magic? Is that what Nordic music magic? That's yeah. yeah. That's what I call yeah. it. Yeah. Like that's, that's so spot on with your, with your chart, you know, and sharing that, that journeying, you know, with mm. people. Um, I mean, what I did with you, for example, is, is a perfect example of using your, your, your Scorpio for your, your medicine and your purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's so cool. And then um, you have, you have Venus opposite your Chiron and Taurus at the bottom of your chart, which is uh, interesting um, and can represent when, when two signs are opposing or two planets are opposing or celestial bodies are opposing. It means that they're kind of, illuminating each other and kind of putting pressure on each other to to alchemize and to learn whatever karmic lesson is attached to that planet within that sign and so having a scorpio and venus obviously it's um 
it's a it's an interesting placement for Venus because Venus likes, you know, it likes femininity and beauty and and ease and sort of like it likes a little bit more of the lighter. It's it's Libra and Taurus, but it's in Scorpio, so it's in in the opposite of Taurus, uh, which is you know its home place, and so having it there means that there can be some push and pull in relationship and in, in attachment and learning how to stay anchored in your power um, from a pure place in relationship is a huge karmic lesson for you. Opposite mm -hmm. Chiron and Taurus, um, which is, is all around safety and security on the physical plane and the material realm, which can mean money or connection with it being in your fourth house. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Your mom is a, is a family therapist too, because it's like, <laughs> you know, living in that space of like understanding trauma and, um, understanding, understanding, ugh, understanding family dynamics is really important for you in this, in this life. Um, and having those two opposing each other is it's like the big lessons. And that's something you've been really navigating this, this past year. You know, I know it has, you know, you went through a divorce last year, right? So yeah. Those eclipses, which would have been May, April, May, and then again in October, November, we had eclipses, and those are deliver heavy lessons around attachment, safety, mm -hmm. our power within connection and relationship, romantic and and platonic, and um, or sorry, platonic. Sometimes I I'm in my astrology brain too much. <laughs> also plutonic. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you have this this beautiful balance of Libra as well. So I, I remember when I looked at your chart the first time a, a few years ago, I was like, oh, we have the same sort of themes like Libra, Sag, Scorpio, you know, mm -hmm. and um, with your Libra sun at seven degrees um, with Saturn, Jupiter and Pluto there, it's 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 like it lightens up your chart a little bit, too. And it's that sort of like. It's the appreciation of, appreciation of beauty and the arts and justice, fairness, you know, and it really balances some of that Scorpio, which can just be an underworld journey all the time. You know, we can get lost in our Scorpio sometimes if we're not like, if the Libra isn't like, yeah, come up for air. Let's like enjoy Let's enjoy nature. Let's enjoy, <laughs> you know, the light, the lighter sides of some of these yeah. things too. Be a little um, silly now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Libra is yeah. charming. <laughs> and, and um, so so it's it's fun to see that balance and and having um your um your sag rising too it's like that's the the part of you that gets to use your voice and to speak your truth and channeling truth is so important because it, that's that sag it's like it's it's the scholar it's the the traveler the gypsy that travels the world and brings back the knowledge it's gathered through experience and and shares from a place of truth you know it's it's truth its own truth and so knowing that that's been your journey so much in this life you know to to find your truth to 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 go in the depths to access that and then to share it and to to do it from a, a space of you know your libra of like seeking justice and fairness and 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 pure purity you know mm. so yeah that's just like Very a little short cool. a little short yeah <laughs> but, but yeah thank you what and and what am i going to look out for in march oh good question let's let's <laughs> let's pull your transiting chart um i'm actually going to do Let's see here. I'm going to pull it for March. That's fun. Oops. 
Because that's when I'll actually be volunteering at the permaculture and uh, shamanic retreat center. Oh, wow. How cool. <laughs> yeah. Let me get the exact um, the date of Pluto moving into Aquarius. Let's see. Okay. So... Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's dipping into Pluto. Pluto's dipping into Aquarius for just a, a period of time from March until June. And then we have a retrograde because each planet retrogrades. And so it's going to peel back and move into Capricorn a little bit for the summer and through the fall. And then back officially in January for a 20, a whole 20 year transit um, in, in 2024, January, 2024. Oh, so okay. yeah, but, but on March 23rd is the official shift into Aquarius for this first little round. Um, so I'm going to pull that date cause that will be fun to see exactly where it is. Yeah. Bear with me for a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be an interesting year. Next year feels a lot less, um, sort of like deep and dark <laughs> and a little bit, um, <laughs> which is good. fine too, but like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more electric and like sort of like, okay, this is what we've been preparing for, for so long. You know, this is what we've, this is what we came here for, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so you have a lot of action in your chart. You have all, all of the planets will be like the transiting planets. So where the planets currently are in the sky, when I pull a transiting chart, it means that we're pulling um, your chart, your natal chart, which is where the planets were when you were born and layering it with um, where the planets currently are. And so where they land in your own natal chart is all at the bottom. So if you think about your natal chart is that all the planets are at the top of your chart. So all the planets next year will be at that time will be opposing your other planets. Like you have a lot of ops, op, like tons of op oppositions um, and everything's going through your second and third house for the most part. So, um, which what is, does that mean? And let me see here. Pluto though. Pluto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pluto enters um, Aquarius in your first house because you have your, your Sag rising, but most of your, it's, it's 29 degrees. So it was just getting ready to move into Capricorn, you know, when you were born uh, across or Capricorn was getting ready to across your ascendant is, is how I would say it. Um, so at zero degrees, Pluto uh, will be right on top of your. Um, honestly, it'll be like at that point in time, it's not on any of your planets, but it's going to be crossing your south node in Capricorn from like January through March because you have a south node in Capricorn. Okay. which is examining your masculine and feminine union within and okay. um, in integrating your masculine and your feminine aspects, a higher expression of both of those. So, but yeah, through this 20 year transit, you'll have Pluto crossing your, um, or you already had Pluto crossing your ascendant. So you'll have Pluto moving into your second house um, through this 20 year transit, which means that, you know, it just feels related to, the building of, you know, your, your physical plane, you know, the, of, of your life, of, of how you make money, where you live, things like that, you know? So I think it's, it's, a, it's like a, a positive movement away from your ascendant, which are like pretty heavy hitting 
you know, that's, that's when Pluto crosses your ascendant, it can feel like shocking. Um, and moving through your first house as it has been for a long time in Capricorn, um, and moving into, into Aquarius, which is a little bit lighter for you, you know? So, so less challenges in that department. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be, <laughs> I think it's going to be like the building of, you know, what's interesting community, you know, and a community, maybe, uh, finding your place and where you want to invest your resources, things like that mm. with it being in your second house and your second house is Aquarius. So that makes sense. You know, just like figuring out what community looks like for you, where, what, where you want to live, you know, which I know are big questions for you for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. I know. It's <laughs> Thank wild. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> You're so welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I've never well, done a reading on, on a podcast before, so that was fun. You haven't? No. Oh. Yeah, I am. Um, there's a podcast I like to listen to um, that's on astrology. It's called um, Sunshine Astrology. Hmm. I never heard of it. And she uh, interviews people who are also who have follow, follow their calling and they do the work that actually shows up in their chart as well, what they're meant to be doing. And then she usually will like then do an analysis of their chart and like see like why it makes sense what they're doing, what they're doing and stuff like that. I love that. <laughs> That is so, so I guess cool. I got the inspiration <laughs> to ask. I love that. There. <laughs> you know, I love that. I I'm I'm feeling called to start my own podcast next year too. Um, nice. I've been feeling that for a while and knowing that I want to move away from Instagram a little bit because I just share so much free content on there and it it is very draining and it's such a weird platform that I'm like, okay, I need a a channel where I can share, you know, more of energy updates and things like that. And mm. um, it would be fun to interview some people and do what we just did too. So I'll have to have you on again and we can look at your chart again. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Do you know, do you have a name for it yet? No clue. I have no name, yeah. no framework started, but um, <laughs> it's just there. I can feel it floating oh, around. So I'm excited. Thank you. I, I yeah. will be listening. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, well, thank I'll you, Allie. You're so welcome. It was so good to, to see uh, you. Good to see you too. And I wanted to see if there's anything else you'd like to share before we we finish. And of course, you need to tell people where to find you, but also if there's anything else. Oh yeah, um, I do. I have a few spots open for my mentorship that begins in January, um, and it's you know, kind of what we talked about earlier. It's a three month journey in focusing on the integration of self, which is how I describe the work that I do and um, work with and the way source guides me. And so um, creating integration of the fragmentation that occurs in being in this physical manifestation, you know, this physical incarnation and um, yeah, just guiding women through uh, the activation of their power you know, and, and the healing of their parts. So that is, mm. that begins in January. I have a few spot le spots left for that. So um, my calendar's full. So I have a problem because I meant to book clarity calls, but my calendar's full. So I'm trying to figure out how to work <laughs> no. that out. But if you, yeah, if anyone's interested in that, that's listening, they can reach out um, through Instagram or on my email, 
you know, which can be found yeah. on my website. So yeah, I'm happy to, to chat about that. I'm also happy to answer any questions anyone has about things we shared today, but I'm excited to, yeah, I'm excited for this next year. I feel like it's like, I mentioned this on the podcast that I did for today on the Align podcast, but it's like, it's Jedi energy, you know, where we like, we're embodying what we came here to be, you know? So I'm excited for that. Me too. <laughs> I love when things move fast. <laughs> I love that for you. That's so fun. I'm excited to see what, what next year brings for you. I know yeah. you've, you've gone through lots of initiations recently as well. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll come visit you next year. You should. You have an <laughs> open invitation. Thank you. And, uh, I would love that. Hopefully I'll have, I'll have my, my cabin. I do have a cabin now for two months, but, but I don't know if that's the final one I'll be in, but hopefully I'll figure that out. And by the time you come visit, it will be perfect and ready. I love it. What is yeah. a good time to come to Sweden or to Norway? Oh, summer. Summer is always so wonderful. Yeah. There's yeah. so much light and just, uh, the skies just and the water, everything just looks so beautiful. There's so much light energy. You can just see it everywhere. Uh, sounds perfect. Yeah. 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 Although I do love snow and darkness. I'm kind of like a winter <clears throat> baby, but it's. Well, I guess then come both in the <laughs> summer and the winter. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll do both. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ali. It was wonderful to have you on here. Thank and you for um, having me. everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, I will talk to you guys soon again. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Nordic Magic Link podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast, consider rating, reviewing, or sharing the podcast or an episode with a friend. You can also join the Nordic Magic Link podcast Facebook group. And I would love if you would download my free app, Nordic Manifestation Chants, available for Android and iPhones. I have created the chants inspired by my Nordic roots, the runes, the traditional music of Scandinavia, and recorded in the frequency of 432 Hz. Use the app for visualization or meditation practices. And let me know what you think of the app and this podcast. To find my music, Visit emmacairo.com. Thank you. Till next time, fellow seekers of truth and ancient wisdom, many blessings on your path.